Hello, my name is James Pikeway, and this is Calm 230 in the Summer, the podcast. You might be wondering, what exactly does that mean? This is not some form of audio webinar. This is not a self-help class. This is just purely my summer class put into podcast form. Yeah, I figure, hey, you're driving from here to there. You want to touch up your public speaking skills. You're wondering what the kids are learning in school these days when it comes to public speaking. Well, here it is, public speaking, Comp 230 in the summer with me, James Pikeaway. What can you expect today? Well, very simply, it's the start of this course. So we've just really kicked things off, talking a little bit about nerves to get started. A little bit about what you need to be thinking about, a little bit about the nerve process, and what you need to do to ultimately conquer your fears. And let me tell you, it's, it's, this is not rocket science. Ultimately, you need to know your content. Ultimately, you need to have practiced the life out of your presentation. Know it inside out. If anything gets in the way, if anything happens, you know exactly where to pick up. Of course, you need to be organized. Of course, you need to have an introduction and conclusion. And of course, we talk about that as well. We talk about the fact that you want to have your talk organized really into five sections. Introduction, section one, first point, second point, third point are sections two, three, and four, and a nice conclusion, section five. Memorization never really works, except you want to make sure that your introduction and your conclusion are lock solid. And of course, you need transitions and things like that. And we're going to work through all that as well. Breathing, pausing, also very important. What have we been talking about so far? Really... In this class, the big issue has been the idea that 90% of any great presentation is how you do it. 10% is that content and how you deliver that content. But 90% is the show of the delivery. You want to keep that in mind. In this conversation, we had a brief talk about the communication process. Kicked it off with really the Shannon Weaver model. The classic sender-receiver, encode, decode, noise, channel, feedback talked about the fact that all speakers need to make sure that as they're putting their talk together, they're encoding the ideas with stories, with examples, with the emotion that those who are listening to it are going to be able to decode. Talked a little bit about the idea of this being a transactional model. Publicspeakingproject.org has a great, well, great, very useful online digital text that you can go and take a look at public speaking project all one word.org and so we talked a little bit about the transactional model and what's going on and the fact that you need to speak to your audience a little bit more and from there this class did a quick 30 second presentation about themselves with students really concentrating on the conclusion not a concluding statement but concluding their talk that's what we did this was Public Speaking Comp 230. Here it is. Enjoy. All of our course materials are in Blackboard, as well as when we start doing quizzes next week, you will find them in Blackboard. And you will find the course materials under an area called Instructor's Teaching Materials. Day one of the class, when you click on that, there's all sorts of material in there just to remind you of where things are. 
And what I use to make this, if you're curious, I use Adobe Spark. I, I actually really like Adobe Spark. So I encourage you also to uh, take a look at Adobe Spark as a tool. Some great information here about what we're, we want to be thinking about. Not only the fact that you need content, you need ideas, but you need to think about the show. And in your case, in our cases, if we don't have body language and we don't have all those things, the show becomes our voice. And voice is such an important tool. So it's thinking about the pause. It's thinking about the emotion that you're communicating. It's thinking about the speed. It's thinking about the feeling. And remember, the number one thing you're trying to do. So remember from last class, what did we talk about? Slow down, pause between points, and you want to sound like you're talking with people. I mean, you're not talking with people. We are talking at each other. But... You want it to sound more like a conversation, more like you're engaging with people in a, a more friendly manner, even though we're not. But people respond better to being spoken with than to be spoken at. And think about it when, when you've done something wrong or your, your parents are mad, your mom's mad, your dad's mad, and they're, 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 they're lecturing you about, well, this is what's expected in our family and this is what a good girl does and blah, blah. Do you, how, how long before you tune out to what they're saying. How long in any lecture that you're having with a professor, could be like me, you might've tuned out already. How long before you tune out of what they're saying? Not because it's not interesting, but because of the delivery technique, the fact that they're talking at you, they're lecturing you, they're throwing it out at you. It doesn't really sound engaging. It doesn't really sound like they're, it sounds like they're a robot. It sounds like they're on autopilot. And I think that's a really important because if, if the more you can use little things, these little tricks, I call them, the more that you can use them to enhance what you're saying, the enhancement being your audience listens more. So that, that becomes important. But let me scroll down here because this is the important stuff. So it's important to remember that this course is made up of a, a series of quizzes, and we have two quizzes a week starting next week. All of the dates for these quizzes are in your syllabus, and they are in Blackboard. They're already, they should already be loaded there, so you can see them. They're not hard quizzes. They're based on things we're talking about in class, core content, usually true and false, one or two questions. They're in Blackboard. I'll enable it, and then you'll go and do it, and you'll come back. We'll do it somewhere in the middle of the class. It's not hard, but you want to do them because they're worth 10% of your grade. So by doing them, that is an easy 10% and it reinforces the ideas that we've been talking about so that you, you take a look at some of those readings as, as we're doing them and you cross-reference it to what we're putting uh, together in class. So that's really important. So you want to do that. And again, they're not hard. There is no midterm exam. There is no final exam. This class is about speaking. So your, your grade really is made up of four speeches and one set of quizzes. The first speech is an introductory speech. The second speech is an informative speech. The third speech is a persuasive speech. And the final speech is a motivational speech. The challenge for you ladies is that usually this kind of content is spread out over 15 weeks. In your case, it's spread out over five weeks and 15 classes, which means you want to start working on all of your speeches now. You want to start thinking about, well, what am I going to do? What's the content going to be? And start playing with that. Start getting your ideas going. And, and, and from there, we can move forward. Four-minute speeches. All of them are four minutes. And you've got a set of topics also that you're going to be talking on. So I've already given you, 
here's all the topics. So the themes. Now, this is, the, again, the challenge, right? Because I give these very broad themes that you now need to fit your ideas into. And the, the key is, there's another trick. There's lots of tricks. Narrow it down. Narrow it down so that you're, you're speaking on something that is manageable and that you can really get into. So speech one, your introductory speech, a week Thursday, the title or the theme is, This is the Real Me. Four minutes, this is the real me. Speech number two is an informative speech. The topic slash theme for that one is that is how it, it is done. That is how it is done. Informative speech. Third speech is a persuasive speech. Third speech is persuasive. Theme slash title, just start. Fourth speech is a motivational speech, and the theme is dream, do, be. There should be another comma there. I'll go and fix that. Fourth speech is a motivational speech, dream, do, be. And your goal is to motivate people, give them inspiration. So that these, those are your four speeches. So you, no word limit. Uh, so this is the interesting one, Fatma. When we talk about doing speeches, you're, you're aiming at a four-minute speech. You're only aiming at a four-minute speech. So there is no word limit because you're talking, but how many words can you fit into four minutes? So as a rule, as a rule of thumb, if you're talking at a, reasonably, a reasonable pace, like I'm talking at, that's three words a second. So three words a second, that's one uh, 180 words a minute. Multiply that by four. You're looking about 720 words. That's all you really get to fit in. And you've got to be thinking introduction, three points, examples, conclusion. So your, your word count becomes really dictated to you by that four-minute window. And in four minutes, you're looking at about three words a second. So, you know, you could have more, you could have less, you're going to speed up, you're going to slow down, you're going to have vocal variety, but it puts you in a very particular place because you are only speaking for four minutes. That's where you're going. And it's really, as I said, it's really important that you have an introduction and you have that conclusion. Those things, again, become really important. So here's, here's the thing here, because you have such limited time, you want, you want to make sure that you start thinking. And I know that our usual thing is, I'm going to do speech one, then I'm going to think about speech two, then I'm going to think about speech three, then I'm going to think about speech four. I, I would start just sort of keeping it in the back of my mind. Because remember, you want to do something you're interested in. And by virtue of you being interested in it, we're going to be interested in it. Because you're going to tell us that thing. So you're going to, you're going to share those ideas. You're going, to, you're, going to, you're going to put it together in a way that we're going to stop and say, huh, that's really cool. Am I necessarily going to want to, you know, know about how you decide what fabric to pick for your, your newest dress? Maybe I, I pick fabric for shirts, but maybe remember for the most part, people in general are just very nosy, right? So we're curious about things. We're going to listen. If we, if you put it together in a way that's interesting with stories that connect to your audience, your audience is a group of Emirati women in this class if you put things together in that way, 
people are going to be interested. They're going to listen. They're going to take it in. So that becomes really important for you to be thinking about, okay, well, what do I want to talk about? What am I interested in? What do I care about? And if you talk about something that you're interested in, something that you care about, something that excites you, you can talk a lot about it. I was, I was thinking the other day, you know, who is the real me? You know, is it I'm a professor? Is it that I'm a podcaster? Is it that I do some YouTube stuff? Is it that I am a, a you know, a, a juicer? Got another juice here today. Is it that I, I get my own shirts made and design my own shirts? Is it that I'm, I'm a, you know, I've, I got a date palm in my yard and I work at palm, you know, farming those dates? Is it that I do my own gardening and landscaping? Is it that I create compost in my yard? So all of these stuff become, all of these things become important and become, become interesting. So you think about the things that interest you. And that becomes the important thing. So again, we'll, we'll talk about a little bit more about this today, but you've got your four topics. Look at those, write them. I would, I would literally take a screenshot or just write them down, put them on sticky notes, put them on my computer, put them on my door, put them on my washroom mirror. So I'm just constantly looking at them and constantly remembering, yeah, I've got to do that. And, and I always keep a piece of paper around. I keep my phone around with a, a note open so that I can start writing down the ideas that are coming to my head and putting them together. And, and inevitably, they, they just work. It just works. But it's, it's a process. It's time. Maha's asking. So, so this is the other, the other side. So Maha's is saying, what do you do on YouTube? So, not much, really. I, I posted, I've been posting up a set of uh, tips on how to do video conferencing better because most people I see doing it do it horribly. And so I've been posting up some of those tips. I post up some of the videos from the podcasts that I do. If something cool's going on, I might make a little video about that. So I post that up. I don't know. I, uh, I get a few thousand downloads a day or something like that. It's not bad. It's kind of fun. And then, then of course, I do podcasting on the James Cast or Podaholics. Sometimes there's different stuff. Sometimes I cross post, and 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 I I try to post. Uh, Yes, I am on Spotify. <laughs> I, and I try to post up if I've, had a, I've done a, a talk on something. So uh, like, this, is, this is the other side. And, uh, and let's, let's be 100% honest with you about public speaking. I just love it. I think we can all be spectacular presenters. And if you can present yourself well, you win. And if you can get your ideas across... You win. And what do you win? You win the job. You win the promotion. You win being the person that someone's going to say, hey, get, you know, get Maha over here because she's great. Or you know, let's get Watia over here because she can really explain this. You want to be the go-to person. So and I just think there's so many of us waste these great opportunities to share ideas, to, to help educate, to inform, to ed- entertain our societies. There are all these opportunities that people just throw away because they're not thinking about how they present themselves. So I, I do this, A, because it's, it's a great course that I love, but I actually do this stuff and practice this stuff for real. And not only do I practice it for real, I put it out there. So I, you know, I, I hang myself out there just like everyone else for criticism and for observation. And so if you were to go to, if you go to my webpage, uh, jamesed.com, I'll just fire this up on you, uh, jamesed.com. If you go to that webpage, don't go now. On the right-hand side are a series of the presentations I've done recently or in, in the last 10 years, and you, you can get a look at them. 
And I, I work at trying to improve my ability to present and to tell a story and to do all these things. There's my 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 talk that I did at TED Active. So I, so you know that I, I like to use TED stuff in my talks. TEDx is okay a little bit, but TED stuff more particularly because I've been to TED and I love TED. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really cool place to go. And if you, you know, you watch TED.com videos, the real fun thing is to go to a TED. The, 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 the talks are fun. The people are even better. And so I had an opportunity to do one at TED Active, very short, three minutes. And the title of that speech was, Every Shirt Has a Story, Every Story Has a Shirt. Most terrifying speech I ever did in my life. But it was, it was fun. And I was kind of bigger then. I was a little fat. And it was, so I, I hate watching that because... I kind of go, oh man, I need to lose weight. But it, 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 so I put myself out there so that you can see what I do because it's not just about me sitting here and talking. I do this stuff. So I'm on YouTube doing this stuff and people are looking at it. And I think that's important that you, and, and for me, the, the reality is you keep practicing. The more you practice, the better you get. That's, and that's the key. You just practice the stuff and you get used to it. All right. Do I have any questions so far? Because we, we, need, we do want to move on to where we're going. Do I have any questions about... So questions so far would be questions about your speeches that you're going to be doing. First one coming up a week Thursday. It's an introductory speech. It's four minutes long. And this is the real me. That's the theme. So you want to be thinking, well, who is the real you? And, and again, keep, keep remembering that it's four minutes that's your goal. You're aiming for four minutes. And remember, if as you're thinking about, well, okay, what do I have to do? Introduction, conclusion, three points in the middle, stories, examples, things that go with each point. And I'm looking at this kind of speech evaluation form as I'm watching you. And as you're, so it's the same thing. So as you're doing your own speech, as you're listening to people, Use this kind of form to think, okay, what, what are we doing? What's good? What's bad? In fact, I usually carry a bunch of these around in my bag when we, we, are, we're, we meet in person, when we're at school. And I usually evaluate people all the time. I'll leave them the sheets and say, you know, hey, it was a good talk. And what I typically do at the bottom of them, because the, the sheet goes, goes lower, is I just write a bunch of comments. And I usually leave people with them, especially if they do a really bad talk on how they could improve it. Most people don't like it when you do that to them, but, you know. You got to save yourselves, right? So as you start working on this and as you start having questions, you, so the, the, the first, the, the most important thing is, I'm going to name this guy. The most important thing is to start thinking about this now. Really start thinking about this now. And, you know, try, what I like to do is, is get my idea. I, I mean, I love sticky notes, right? So I, I almost always prepare speeches on sticky notes and then stick them onto something and organize it. So figure out what it is you want to talk about. You know, when you talk about you, there's a whole bunch of things, right? Like how, do, how do you pick your abayas when, you're, when you go out? How do you decide, you know, have you made your own face masks? How did you decide that? Do you wear nail polish? Well, how do you decide what color of nail polish you want to use? When you go to a restaurant, how do you decide what to eat? You know, and, and usually there's reasons for that. And, and uh, so some examples of things people have done in the past, you might say, well, what have people have done in the past? I don't usually use the same themes over and over, although this one's kind of, there's variations of it. I've had people who talk about how they have conquered weight. I've had some folks talk about that. I've had, I've had some folks talk about how they're, they're very down to earth and they're, they're very much into cooking. So they, they just, they cook tons 
I've had folks who talk about the fact they just love, love to read. And so, you know, who, who, am I, who are they really? They're just a, a bookworm. They just love reading and they've talked about that. I've, I've had people talk about gaming and that they're a gamer and they've talked about those kind of things. The, the, the challenge is talking about it and getting it to relate to your audience so that they want to listen to you. And they went, oh, this is kind of cool. So it's, it's, it's walking us through the process. Who is the real you? And remember, people are really curious about each other. And a lot of folks, a lot of people always say, oh, I'm not interesting. Oh, I'm boring. There's nothing interesting in my life. And I kind of go, yeah, you know what? Everything about someone else is interesting because you don't know. You don't know about them. And how did they, everyone's had their own struggles and their own challenges. And so that's the stuff you, you want to pick. You, so you don't want to, you don't want to give away your whole life story. You don't want to talk about some really personal things necessarily, but within our personal lives, there are things that are interesting. And maybe that's, maybe that's interesting. So, you know, so if it was me, maybe I would talk about the fact that I have a PhD and that PhD was a very interesting thing. So I have a PhD in communication from the University of Montreal. In case you're wondering, I am Canadian and I grew up outside of Toronto in a town called Ajax. And then I went to school in Ottawa, did my undergrad, and then did my master's and PhD at two different universities in Montreal. One of them being Concordia University the, in downtown Montreal, the English University. And then I did my PhD at the University of Montreal, which is the French University on the other side of the mountain from McGill. So here's, this could be my story, right? Who's the real me? Is is why do people do PhDs? And if you sit with your co my colleagues and many of your professors, they might say, ah, oh, because I was interested in research and I was, all, you know, all of these different reasons. And, and, you know, the university is very keen on research. Except for me, that wasn't why I did my PhD. And that was, so for me, it, this, this becomes a really good story because ultimately I did my PhD to get a PhD. I did my PhD to get the piece of paper so that I could go back to my primary school to the primary school teacher who failed me in grade two. So grade two, this person did it again. I was always told, oh, he's not the, he's not too smart. Oh, he's not too intelligent. Oh, he's not going to succeed. Oh, he's, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the B groups. I was like in the C group of everything. And so I made it my life mission to get a PhD, not because I wanted to do research, because quite frankly, research is boring, but I can do research, but I love telling great stories. I love getting involved in things. So that's why I did a PhD. But not only did I do a PhD, I did a PhD in a language that I didn't speak. So I had to learn how to speak French, which is Canada's second language, bilingual country, English, French. So I went to a French language university and did a PhD in French having to learn French to do the PhD in French. And, and for me, this, so that could be my story because I didn't do the PhD because I wanted to do research. I just did it to get the paper, which poses a big problem because people usually do them because they want to be a teacher or this or that. And I just happened to fall into this role of teaching and, it, and I really like teaching. So it, it kind of worked out. But that's why I do YouTube. That's why I blog. That's why I create podcasts. And the list goes on and on. So maybe that's my story, right? And you see you telling that whole thing and putting it together and the pause. I mean, that could be a good four-minute story. So it's, this is the real you. It's, it's a huge area, as all the topics are, that you have to figure out, okay, what do I really want to talk about? And what's interesting? And it's interesting to you. I mean, that's the thing. Think about interesting to you. And then how do you package it to make it work better for other people?
All right. So you got an idea where we're going. And uh, yeah, it'll work. It'll work well. I'm, I'm confident in you all, but it won't come to you through osmosis. You, you know, it just won't come to you, drip down into you. You've got to put in the effort. You've got to plan. You've got to think about it. So start thinking about it and it'll work very well for you. There was a question last class about gaming. So this is one of my son's rooms and I've converted it into an office and my son's were gamers, big time gamers. So uh, that's why you see all this stuff in the background and that, that is some of their stuff. So very good. Uh, all right. Do I have any questions about anything else so far? Uh, open it up for questions. And if you have a question, I, I see some people putting comments and that's great. Turn on your mic and just say it. It's public speaking class. I, I love to hear your voices. Does anyone have a question? Just sort of put your thumb up and then jump in. Turn on your mic and we can ask those questions. Does anyone have a question? Question, question, question. Yes, I need a written piece of the speech that needs to be uploaded to Blackboard before you do the speech on a week Thursday. But, but, everyone listen carefully, but it is very possible that the written speech that you upload is not exactly the same as the speech that you say. There might be some, some small differences. That's okay but I need a version of that speech loaded up. Now, what, what am I talking about? Yes, I see a thumb up. Who's got a question? Fire away. Uh, me, Professor. Yeah, sure. Okay, so the way, uh, how we will say this speech, should I say like Fatma is or just talk about myself? I am Fatma and did you get it? Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you could do it in the third person. That's a, that's a style. Maybe. I I mean, I would probably be more personalized. So who is James? Well, I'm James. And this is, you know, or, or you know, you, you as you start off, I am this kind of person. Uh, this is, you know, you could talk about yourself in the third person or you could just talk about yourself in the first person. Uh, totally up to you on, on style. As you start practicing it, get a feel for it. See, you, you try both ways. See which one works best for you. Which do you feel more comfortable with? in this context. Oh, thank you. Does that help you? Yes. <laughs> uh, Maha saying, I'd love to tell a short story and I'm the third person. Why not? Give it a try. See how it works. Remember, there's a formula that you want to follow so that, that we'll, we'll have to play with that a little bit. But that's great. Yeah. Easy. You could, you could do it that way. The, the challenge will be, folks, ladies, one that it sounds like you're actually talking with us, not at us. And two, that it's not too fast, that it has vocal variety, and that it comes together, that the parts link to each other with a, a clear start and a clear end. And I can tell you, for the most part, not just yourselves, but most speakers are dreadful at bringing anything they say to a conclusion. And, and that's really important. You want to conclude. So many people stop. And you've seen it. They're talking, they're talking, talking. Think of, think of the way back, way back to last semester, at the start of last semester. And then at some point, you're, someone was doing a presentation. And then they were talking, talking, talking. Okay, this is, and this is how uh, the, the Likert scale works. If we are doing a psychology survey, blah, blah, blah. And then they're talking, talking. And then they're, everyone's kind of going, uh, is she done? And they're kind of, she done? And then you go, oh, I'm done. Is it, 
if when you stop talking and you're doing a presentation, so you've gone from the introduction, you've gone to the conclusion, you've got the middle part, people get to the conclusion. What do they do? They do a summary statement, but they don't actually conclude. They don't summarize what they've done. And people need to know that you're finished. And they need to know that you're finished by knowing, so what am I supposed to get from the last 500 words that this person said? What's important? What, what does she want me to know? What does she want me to take away from this? Because they might have forgotten already. And believe me, people forget. So you want to make sure you have a nice conclusion. And so whether you're te telling a short story or things, you still need to sum it up. And that becomes the important part. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Any questions? Yes. Who am I talking to here? Who's... Rauda. Rauda, go ahead. Um, how do you want us to write it down for you, like an outline or a full speech? Full speech. Full speech, Microsoft Word, 12-point font, Like paragraphs. A full speech. Yeah. A full speech. It's yeah. 100 words. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just yeah, just give me the text. I mean, it's I'm not word counting. I'm not doing that. I But I, I like to have a speech so that part of it's for, so it goes into Blackboard. So part of it's proof that you did something. So part of it's proof that you've put in the effort. Part of it is proof that you've you've actually spent some time thinking about it. And then, of course, I can also check to make sure you haven't plagiarized the whole thing, which not that you will. Not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying you in general, but th there's, and th ladies, this is the really important part. There's a lot of temptation out there. And I'm not saying that you're going to be tempted, but I have had people steal speeches off the internet and it's, that's, that's not good. That's just wrong. That, that's, you know, use, you might hear or see or think someone else has done something. Hey, I can, I can make my speech a little bit like that. That's not a bad thing, but taking someone else's words and, and putting them off as yours or someone else's stories and examples, that's just not, that's, that's not good for you. That's not good for them. And you'll get caught eventually. So, I, I like to have uh, just a copy so that I can refer to it and look at it as well. But ultimately, you know, you're, you're going to be saying the speech and that to me becomes the important part. Again, does anyone have any questions? You want to fire them in? By all means, feel free. Feel free to do so. Did, did uh, and if, if no, I don't see anyone moving forward. So again, I love that. Just give me a thumb up if you want to jump in or turn on your mic and jump in. I'm okay with that as well. Did any of you get a chance to watch the Sarah Jones TED video? Did anyone have a chance to watch that? Yes, excellent. We got a few of you did. Wonderful. So what did you think of that speech that she did? Because it was kind of a weird speech, wasn't it? Who wants to jump in and give us a, a little summary of... Can I talk? Yes, please. But it was very weird that she kept on changing characters. <laughs> so, so let me give you some background. And, and so she does a one-woman show where she does all these characters. So in her speech, she, it was kind of weird, right? Because she took on all these characters who all had different messages. And they all had different speaking styles. So that was kind of, kind of weird. Yeah. And she also kept on uh, moving her hands at, all, oh, man. at the beginning of Yeah. Yeah, too much. It, it it became a little bit distracting. Yeah. I think this, and this is something that we want to keep in mind, and this is part of the reason why I love showing some of these talks, is there are things that these speakers do that are great. And so the thing that I love about Sarah Jones, and the reason I wanted you to watch that, is for this simple over-the-top permission 
to put on that show. You're allowed. You're allowed to be whoever you want to be when you're public speaking. There's no one who says, ah, Watia, this is the way you are. And this is the way we know you from all of your classes. So this is the way you have to be. It's like that. No. In this class and moving forward, if when you get up to talk, you can be whoever you want to be. And I think this is what Sarah Jones gives us permission to do. She's on the stage. She's doing it. No one's holding it against her that she takes on all these different characters. And even at the start, when she tar- starts talking with that posh British, British accent, and then she moves into her nasally New Yorker voice. So I think it's that becomes interesting. Uh, she yeah. amazed me. Weird is not the word. Yeah, she's she is weird though. <laughs> Who's, who else got something they want to add? What Tia? Do you have more you want to say? No, that's all. That's my comment. <laughs> How did you like? Did you, did everyone watch to the end? Yeah, did, she she just uh, she just uh, changed characters and then went back to her own character and. Just said thank you and then. Yeah, and so, but who was her last character? Her last character at the very end was the Egyptian lady, which I thought was yeah. was kind of cool. And she so taking on the mannerisms, and in all of her talks, she takes on those different mannerisms of these different personalities. I love um, Walita, I think her name is the girl from the Bronx with the white jacket on, who talks really really fast, and, and she puts all sorts of words together. Each of these characters has thing, lessons for us on what not to do. You know, slow down when you talk. Let people catch up. If you're nervous, which we may be, especially because when you're doing a speech, it's you, you, get, one, you get one shot at it. I mean, for me, this is the, the nervous thing, right? Because it's not like you've got, oh, I'm going to do, oh, yeah, okay, I've got five hours. You've, you've got the five hours maybe that you've spent practicing and organizing and putting it together. And I don't mean sitting down and doing it five hours at one time. You might do a 20 minutes here, 10 minutes there, five minutes here, five minutes there, then put it together and then spend an hour sort of rehearsing it. That's usually the process that I use, but it's a one-off thing. So when you turn, when, when we come to class on that Thursday, and I'm not trying to make you nervous, although this clearly makes me nervous, it's okay. Aisha, you're up. And it's like, okay, now, you know, this could, I'm either going to make it or break it, or I'm going to, have I done enough practice? Do I know my topic? Do I know my things? You know, I is going, oh, okay, am I ready for, that's where we've got some nerves that we've got to get over. And that, and that's, what am I doing beforehand? And, and, and how is that all going to pan out? And so that becomes the big challenge. And, and that's, you know, that, that's the challenge of, of what we do. And that's why you want to have practice. That's why you want to know your content. And that's why you want to be comfortable with process and, and other things as you get going. And so again, Sarah Jones, what I, what I really like about that is that it gives you permission to, to have some fun with it and to make this your show and to say, okay, I'm ready. Now, when you look at what she did, and I think this is another key thing, how much practice do you think goes into doing what she did? How much practice do you think goes into doing what she did? Did she just knock it off as an, ah, I can do this. I'm going to fire one off. Miriam saying a lot. And, And I think that's the key to great presentations. One, you know the topic and you know it inside out. But two, you've practiced it. 
you've done it a few times. And when I say a few times, I don't see one, two, three, four, 20 times, 30 times. For me, it's about 38 times tends to work. I don't know. That's just me. 38 times of practicing something, going through it, playing with the words, making sure the words fit, making sure that I can transition. My transitions become really important to me. How do I link things together? I like to remind people what I've been talking about. The more I can do that, the better. And sometimes I, I forget about it and sometimes I don't, but practice is the key, ladies. You And the more you practice, the more comfortable you feel with it. And so this is, again, what we start to see from, from what Sarah Jones did is there clearly was a ton of practice. The other thing that I like about that talk is it fits in a little bit with what we're going to do, what you might find yourself in. And it's, it's Catch-22. Does anyone know what a Catch-22 is? It's actually the title of a book by Joseph Heller, and it's a World War II story about some crazy people who are in logistics in the war. Does anyone know what a catch-22 is? Because you probably heard someone say, oh, that's a catch-22. Probably someone of my age, <laughs> probably someone who's from, from the West. Does anyone know what a catch, when someone says, oh, that's a catch-22. Does anyone know what that means? Maha, no. Anyone? You can guess. I don't mind if you have a, have a guess on that. Does anyone want to guess what a catch-22 means? Have you ever heard that saying when someone says, oh, that's a catch-22? It is a movie, yes. So, a good catch. No. <laughs> good guess, though. So, catch-22 is a movie and a book. And what catch-22 if someone says, oh, that's a catch-22, it means whether you do something or whether you don't do something, you're still going to get in trouble. So whether you do something, you're going to get in trouble. And if you don't do something, you're going to get in trouble. It's a catch-22. Whether you do something and you get a, it's going to be a bad, I'm, I do it, I'm going to get a bad outcome. If I don't do it, I'm still going to get a bad outcome. That's a catch-22. So that's, that's what it's all about. So no matter what you do, it's going to give you a certain outcome. Catch-22. Damned if you do, as the saying goes in the movie, damned if you do, damned if you don't. So no matter what you do, it's not going to work out for you. Whether you do something or don't do something, it's still going to lead to a negative outcome. That's what a catch-22 is. So, uh, <laughs> so you want to think about that. So there's a, a reason I bring that up is because of the way we're going to be doing our speeches, there's a catch-22 situation. The catch-22 situation is you're, you're going to be very tempted to read your speech, which, you know, I mean, if, if, what can we say? The problem is you want the speech to sound like you're talking to us. You want the speech to be engaging. You want the speech to be the way you talk. It's hard to do that to, with a red speech. The only way you can do that with a red speech is to really, really have practiced how you're putting that together. What do I recommend? I mean, I always write out my speeches, but then I practice them and get it together. And I usually use uh, notes of some sort, usually to, to keep me on track. But for the most part, I, I use keywords and I just know where I'm going because I practiced it for you know so much. If you keep the written text of a speech in front of you and you haven't practiced, you'll read it and it'll sound red. You don't want that. I mean, that just doesn't work. 
And that's, that's not a good speech. But what you, you really need to do is practice. Aisha, do you want to jump in? Yes. Uh, professor, if I like uh, use a difficult word, so I have to tell the meaning? Um, if you think people aren't going to know what it means, I would. Okay. So, but, but, here, but Aisha, here's my other thing. What, like, give me an example. What, do you have an example of what a difficult word might be? Mm, I don't know. I, so, right now, no. so here, here's my thing is I think of the words that you use. And this is, this is again, the challenge, right? Because you want your speech to be like you're engaging with your friends in a sense. So how do you talk to people who you're seeing face to face as you're sitting and talking to them? Because remember, you don't want to talk at people. You want to talk with people. And yeah. so, and you don't want to lecture them because remember you're talking with them. So think of the way you use words when you talk to people. Do we use giant words? Not usually. No. So yeah. if you start using those words... A, hopefully it's for a good reason, and B, then you might want to explain it, but that's not... So what you want to avoid and think about, or by psychology students, you want to put it... Give me a thumb up, the psychology students, because you ladies have... Uh, you, where's my, where are all my psychology students in here? Can you give me a thumbs up? There we go. I don't so, have a difficult word. <laughs> so, but think, of, but think of think of psych in general. Is this Maha who's talking to me? Think of psych in general or other things. There are some, there are some big, you know, three, four syllable, nice four syllable words in, in psychology yeah. that, you know, you can talk about those things that are really long words without using the long word all the time, reducing it down to more sentences that are more conversational and more descriptive in tone. So the challenge is when we write stuff, and again, this is, this is something you all need to work on, is when you're writing out your speech for the first time, which I always do. I always have my, my speech sort of worked out and, and I, I put it in parts. You need to write it. Are you listening? Is everyone, give me a thumbs up that everyone's listening to this because, and you want to write this down. Give me a thumbs up. Everyone's listening. Everyone's listening. All right. I've got, I see lots of thumbs. Okay, good. You need, when you write your speech, do not write it in your head. So you know how the deal is. We all do this. Don't do it. When you're writing your speech, say it out loud. And why you want to say it out loud is so that you hear the words and so that you start writing it more as you talk, less as you think in a term paper. But when you write it in your head and you just put it from brain to hand, so from brain to hand, without hearing it, then it becomes term paper writing. Term paper writing is written in a way that you don't speak. How, what's the, the key test? I've heard speak, I had people last semester, I've had other people who are writing speeches, doing speeches, and they're telling me their speech and they're talking and, they say, and they'll, they'll go, moreover, as soon as I hear the word moreover, I just go, oh. Because very, as I said last class, very seldom do you use those kinds of words in a normal conversation. And what was the example I used last class? Oh, moreover, mother, that was a wonderful, wonderful cup of tea that you, that you prepared and presented in such an exquisite fashion on the table for breakfast. No one talks like that. And so you want, when you say things out loud, you kind of go, oh yeah. Because remember, you're writing to say not writing 
to be read. So the, the copy that you're giving me is, is literally your script, if you want to think about it that way. You're writing, I want to read what you're writing to say. I'm not reading a, a, a text that you then used to create that speech. So really, you save yourself a whole lot of time if you say it out loud as you're writing it. Now, here's the other thing. Everyone paying attention, this is really important. If when you're writing down your speech, you can't pronounce the words, don't use that word. Or if you're practicing your speech and you find that uh, you, you keep getting jumbled up on a sentence, get rid of the sentence. Figure out another way to say it. Say it easier. Short syllables, shorter sentences, pauses, move forward, description, connection, keep people informed. Those are all the things you want to be thinking about as you're moving forward with your speeches. Uh, the speech will be full on runs. What? what? Full of run-ons. Well, there, there is a potential that it could be full of run-on sentences. <laughs> there, there is that, that in, in possibility. Not usually, but there is that possibility. You want to make sure that it's not full of run-on sentences, that you have multiple sentences. Uh, you can use the word plus. So plus like uh, one plus one like uh, it's me plus another person or it's I had a order of nachos plus an order of fries plus an order of sherbet all of this at the movie theater which I then when I was walking through my socially distanced chair I tripped on this wonderful lady's purse plus I fell plus I did a complete roll parkour and everything landed on her abaya. Yeah, you could use, yes, you, you could use the word plus. I think plus works. You see what I'm getting at? It's like how you're, you're telling a story. You're telling a story. It's, it's, it's a fine line. And, and this is the thing, right? Because you're telling a story that you want people to listen to and you got to keep them informed. You got to keep them entertained. You got to keep them listening in. Yeah, you get it. You ladies get it. Do I have any more questions at this point? <laughs> or should we move on? So the, the whole point, just to, to bring back for a second, and of course, jump in, put up your hands if you've got questions as we're going. The, if you've got a question, ask it. It really, really is. And there's no question too small. I'll keep repeating the, the answers. Don't worry. There's no question too small. If you've got a question, that means someone else in this class has a question and you don't want to be leaving with a question on your mind. Keep asking it. And if that means turning on the mic and explaining it, Please do so that you're 100% completely satisfied with what you need to do. So Sarah Jones, why did I like want you to watch that as a nice introductory speech? It gives you permission. As we said, it's a show. Every speech is a show. Every speech is engaging people. Every speech is telling a story. How you tell that story is how you keep people engaged. And you have my permission. You have Ted's permission to tell a great story. Own it. Have fun with it. And I, my, my belief is that every presentation we do should be TED worthy. Every presentation should be informative, educational, and entertaining. And if it's not, I think we're letting down our audiences and we're letting down ourselves because who said that a presentation needs to be like this? Today in this class, we are going to talk about public speaking. Public speaking is very important to us. Public speaking has been around since the earliest days of Socrates, and public speaking is something that you all engage in. 
Today, we are going to talk about the communication process. And the communication process, I mean, I could do the speech like that. That might actually be entertaining as well, but boring. So, uh, professional speeches are boring. They are. They don't have to be. They don't need to be. I, I've done professional speeches, and I actually, I did one for IBM, International Business Machines. Did it in, in uh, Madrid, Spain. And the first thing they said when I sent them the PowerPoints they said, best PowerPoint presentation they've ever seen. And then they sent me another, now can you put it on our template? And I, I looked at the template and I said, you're ruining my PowerPoint. And I said, I know, but it needs to be on the template. So don't worry, I manipulated the template too. But yes, they don't have to be. And this is the, the thing. Who says a professional president, unless someone says, put your stuff on this template, unless someone says, do it this way as you're presenting it, you can present it any way you want as long as you get the information across and as long as you get the results, the intended outcomes of what you're doing. But what do most people do? Oh, this is the way it's always done. It's like, as soon as someone says that to me, that is the challenge to show them how they should do the presentation. Uh, okay, uh, so it doesn't have to be professional. So, so this is the crazy thing, right? Uh, Maha and, and Miriam. What does professional mean? when we talk about a professional presentation, because quite frankly, me presenting this class, I kind of feel like this is a professional presentation. So the formula, no, we have a, we have a very clear formula. So no, I have, there is a formula for what you're going to do. No, there, there is a very clear formula and it is the professional formula. Yes. So your, your expectation is that you're going to have vocal variety and that you're going to have transitions and that you're going to have all these things. No, no, it's, it's a very, there's a very professional formula. So no, you need to follow the formula that we will go through again, but uh, it's the way you say it is the important part. Oh, so do you have to be serious? Why would anyone do a talk like that? I mean, that's, I, I, the people who do those kind of talks. So, so remember, Different audiences demand different things. And ultimately, you need to read your audience and be able to manipulate your content that you're presenting to the needs of the audience. But if someone hasn't said, this is the way you must present your content, then you can present it any way you want. And there's nothing stopping you from sounding like you actually care about the topic, like you actually engaging it, like you're actually happy, like there's some emotion and having that emotional roller coaster built into it. That's okay. That is a hundred percent. Okay. So it, it, you know, getting up there and go, today, I'm going to talk about why public speaking is important. Public speak. That's the worst talk in the world. And why would anyone talk like that? Cause no one talks like that. And so I think part of our mission here is to fix this, this belief that, oh, this is a professional presentation. I, where's the rule book that says this is what, a professional presentation is an organization of content. A professional presentation has a, a beginning and a middle and an end, which you will have. The style of your voice, whether I present to you, whether I present at a conference, I sound the same. I always sound like this when I'm doing my presentation and no one's accused me of not being professional. I get invited back. I get asked to do webinars. You know, it's, that's where we're going. Does that, does that make sense? That's, that's kind of my pet peeve 
is and this is this is our challenge is we got to realize we got to we, we want to break that cycle a little bit do i have any any uh, other questions at this point ladies or can we can we move on just a little bit so so well why don't we move on just a little bit and what i what i want to talk about really quickly is and this is some of the stuff that we've been looking at is is nerves and as we start start talk we got a couple of readings that i've put up in one of them is at the start of today's materials if you click on it you know a good start to what's going on in, in public speaking what we need to think about but i also want to think about nerves and nerves are a big thing and there are many many different techniques that folks talk about with nerves Think about your own situation. I don't think there's any golden, hey, here's how you get rid of your nerves. I can tell you from my own experience, when I talk with a formula and a clear way of organizing my speaking, I feel more relaxed. When I know what I am going to say and I know how I'm going to say it and I know that I've practiced it, my level of nerves go down. When I've done breathing exercises, when I do all that stuff that I need to get myself psyched up, when I've done all that, my nerves get better. So you want to think about as we're going into this, you want to start thinking, okay, well, what, what do you do? So, all right, well, let's, let's try again. Maybe that's, I mean, you know what? That's probably very good advice that has come from you ladies, by the way, is uh, maybe, you know, after an hour we need to take a little bit of a break, but five or 10 minutes, just to get ourselves to stretch. Let, let's run through this part really quickly. And then we will, uh, we're, we'll, we'll almost be done for the day. So we got a little bit, but I do want to hear you talk. So we've got a bit more to do. Stress. As I said, stress is a really big thing that you're going to want to conquer and you never get rid of stress 100%. You're, there's always going to be stressors. What becomes important for all of you is knowing what you can do to help make the stress less. That is the important part. And as you can see from, from this graph that I've put up on my shared screen, from the time that you get assigned a speech, then the stress level goes down. And then as you get to doing the speech, the stress goes up. And there's lots of different reasons for having stress. Maybe you don't quite know who you're speaking to. Maybe you haven't planned it out well enough. Maybe you've just done it in the last minute. You haven't practiced enough. All of those things will give you more stress. The more you know your speech, the more you've practiced it, the more you can say the words, the more that you're comfortable with it, you know when you've done a great piece of work and you know when your work is awful or it's somewhere in between. You know when you haven't done enough work. I know when I haven't done enough work. You know when you haven't done enough work. And if you haven't done enough work in the putting it together and the practicing, etc., your speech will get into your head and you're going to be worried. What if it doesn't work out? What if I forget what I'm going to say? If you've practiced it, if you've got all of your techniques put together, you know, you've got some post-it notes with things on it. You've got the text with things on it. You've said it over and over and over again. You know where you have trouble. You, you, you've got it all worked out. If you've done that over and over and over and over and over and over, that's one less thing to stress you out. Is it well organized? Is, do you have a clear introduction and conclusion? Now, here's the thing. Remember, introduction and conclusion are very, very, very important 
to your speeches, ladies. You need to have a clear introduction. But don't give me that, okay, the outline of my speech is going to be this. That's not a good introduction. Tell us why we're going to do this speech. Tell us where we're going to go. But remember, you're talking with us, not at us. The introduction and conclusion of all my speeches and my suggestion to you is those are rock solid. They don't change. Your introduction is is not only going to give your audience an idea of what you're going to say, it offers you an opportunity that 20 seconds, 30 seconds, it's up to you. It's a four-minute speech. How long is your introduction going to be? It allows you to get into the groove. It allows you to say, okay, I can do this. Yeah, I know where I'm going. I've got a, I've got a format. I can do this. That's what your introduction does. Likewise, you have a conclusion. Not a summary statement. You might have that summary statement, but you need to conclude. And so after, so you've got your introduction and your conclusion. Your, your conclusion, you might take a pause and say, so who is Fatma? And then you remind us, Fatma is the reader. Fatma is the youngest of, of five kids. Fatma is... I'm fat mutt. That kind of brings it all together. So you need to have a conclusion where you bring your ideas together. The introduction and the conclusion, you want those to be set in stone. They don't change. They are, I don't advocate memorizing, but the introduction and conclusion are memorized. You want your introduction to be that thing that just happens, it's, it, but you don't want it to sound memorized. Conclusion, the same thing. No matter where you are in your speech, you could stop your speech and jump into that 30-second, 20-second, 40-second conclusion. And that's why it's really important to have those things locked, known, understood, memorized, formulated, perfect, so that at any given point, you could jump into your finishing statement. Now, why is that important? And it helps with the nerves. So, and, and this is sort of at the end of our thing today. So let's go to the, the back. Here, all speeches are kind of are kind of they are organized like this. So it's four minutes. You're always going to have. Let me see. Can I? Where, where is this? So you're always going to have in a speech. You're always going to have an introduction. How long is that introduction going to be? The speech is four minutes long. Is it going to take me twenty seconds, twenty five seconds to introduce what I want to do? What am I going to do? Why is it important, etc.? And then transition into your first your first point. Each point is going to have an idea or an example or both that you're going to want to develop. Once you've done your first idea, you then transition. You need to link. You need to have a way of getting us to the second idea. Second idea is also going to have an idea or an example. Ultimately, you want to have three ideas. You want to have three things. Not four, not six, three. Works out really. Does someone want to jump in there? Did I miss someone? I heard someone. Okay. So you want to have three. Now, here's the thing. You might not get to your third. So you've got a four-minute speech. Let's say you were doing your first thing, and then you got carried away, and, and you, you added a little bit more. You read the audience. Someone else had done a speech on something, and you incorporated a little bit of that in. You got your first idea and your second idea, and then you had this third example, this third idea you wanted to build in. But you're at this point. It's very possible, and this is the, the, the interesting side. You've, you've done these two, and at this point, you're at three minutes. Let's just do this. Uh, 
You're at three minutes, 28 seconds. But you've got one more point to go. So at this point, what's going to happen? Well, I know what happens when I, because when I'm doing my speeches, I'm going to have my phone out and I'm going to be using it as the timer. So I see and I know that I've got this, this is all happening. I've got, I've done point one. I know that I've done point one. And I know that I've done point two. I know that I've done my idea, my idea, my stories. It's now three minutes, 28 seconds. At this point, my heart's going like this. And, and I'm sweating because I'm getting nervous, but I don't show it. I just keep smiling. I'm going, oh man, I'm in trouble. 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 Because do you, you've got a choice now. Do I go to my point three? Do I go to my point three or not go to my point three? I'm at three minutes 28 seconds. Do I go to point three? No, I don't go to point three because I only have a four minute speech. I'm already at three minutes, 28 seconds. I don't have time to do point three idea three. So what I need to do is go, okay, flick the switch. I'm going into my conclusion. And so I'm going from point one to point two. And now I've got my set conclusion where I bring the story together. I don't tell people I'm nervous. I don't tell, sorry, I don't get to point three because I don't have any more time. No, no, only I have a written copy of your text. Nobody else knows what you're going to say. So all you're going to do, and this is why you, you want to follow that formula, you've got, you've got your introduction. Remember, you've got your, you've got your, let me just get this. You've got your introduction. You've got point one. You've got point two. You've got point three. And then you've got your conclusion. So if you're watching the time and if you realize I don't have time to finish, I can't finish on time. I'm going to be well over. You don't want to be over because A, you've only been assigned four minutes. That means you're eating into someone else's time. That, if it's an event, you're now using up event time. You're, you want to be respectful of what you've been asked to do. You want to deliver on what you've been asked to do. So if you have to cut a point out, you cut the point out. But your conclusion is set. So you just go right into it. You've got a 20 second, 30 second, 40 second conclusion. You know how much time you need to finish. You just take a pause as I usually do. Take a pause. I take a deep breath and I look at my audience and I, I take a deep breath and I usually look across at my audience. Now we're not going to have that look feature. So you take a quick pause. Hmm. I might do that. I went, hmm. And I, I pause just a little longer then is comfortable for anyone to listen to. So I was like, hmm. So what do we know? So what is the lesson? So what have we learned? So what is important here? I usually use one of those transition phases. And again, it just depends what I'm talking about. But I usually use one of those transition phases in any speech I do simply because they work for me. I'm comfortable with them. And it's a clear indication for my audience. Because remember, this is the other thing that, that you all want to remember don't trust that your audience is paying attention or can understand anything that you're saying. You need to spell it out for them. So my audience needs to know when the talk is actually ending. They need to know that there's a conclusion. So how do I do that? If I've done my first two points, I've got my first two stories, I take a pause. Hmm. So what do we know? So that, that what do we know is an indication that I'm summing things up. Well, and I, I would tell them, we know that whatever my point was, we know that. And then I tell them why they should care. 
and I would I would then have my summary concluding statement. And that's why conserving water is an important thing. And that, or in, in the case of the speech that's coming up, your this is the real me, and that is the real James. That would be my concluding statement after I've told them, so who is James? James is the juicer. Who is James? James is the endless, uh, the person who is in an endless search for a great story. That is James. Boom, that might actually work because I've summed up the points that have already been spoken about. You want to, your, your conclusion is always that solid thing. It does not change. The middle part could actually move around a little bit. And the more you've practiced a speech, the more you're going to find that your speech will change and develop as you're doing it. And, that, and that's a good thing because it allows you to move with what's going on. Questions at this point. Actually, don't, don't ask a question yet. Let me just finish with a little bit of thing. Breathing. Make sure you breathe when you're talking. Slow down. Tell yourself that you're good at what you do. I mean, are you happy with what you're doing? I don't, don't settle. I'm not saying settle for being okay. But hey, if this is a really great talk, you know what? And, and keep telling yourself, I'm good at that. I tell myself this all the time. I put up sticky notes on the mirror. James, you're awesome. You know what? And I don't let people tell me, oh, James, you know, you're not really good at that. You know what? I've had, I've had people, and I, I always say, you know, people say, oh, you know, that's, that talk wasn't so good. It's like, really? Let me hear yours. Well, you know, like, unless you're doing it, don't give me the criticism that you don't like what I'm doing. And, and Or if you're going to give me that criticism, give me the positive criticism. How am I going to fix it? But don't tell me you don't just like my speaking style. Why don't you like it? And let me hear what you're doing because I want to learn from you as well. Tell yourself you're great. If you're, if you're happy with what you're doing, be positive with yourself. Keep telling you, I can do it. I can do this. You can do this, James. You can do this. I always tell myself that. You can do this. You can do this. Uh, focus on what you have to say, not the fear. You've got something great to say. you got to put yourself into the zone. Speak a lot in public. Practice. Talk out loud. Use these things. Don't use the ums, the ahs, the buts. Slow down. Put a little expression on your face. Practice. Find any and every opportunity to practice. That is so important. Talk out loud in your room. Close the door and practice how you're going to say things. Until you, you know, and, and I often say, put on your voice recorder on your, your phone. Record your voice. Listen to it. Now here, here's the thing, ladies. This is really important. I hate the way my voice sounds. Honestly, I sound awful. I can't stand it. I hate listening to myself. Truly, 100%, I hate listening to me. Other people say I sound okay. So, you know what? Get over it. If, if you kind of go, I don't like to hear my voice. It's like, yeah, me neither. It doesn't matter what you like. All, you, all that matters is what other people like. So, work on all of the little bits. The, the thing that I want to I wanna ask you all right now, and we got 18, so 17 of us, or a few didn't make it back. Oh, no. Uh, the, the big question that we have at this point, really important question, is think about your own scenario of when you are trying to approach your mom for something. Maybe it's cash, maybe it's to go out, maybe it's for the car, maybe it's for what you want to order for dinner, maybe it's for a show you want to watch on Netflix. I don't know what it is, but think of that scenario when you have to approach someone to present them with something that you would like. How do you get yourself prepared for that situation? What do you do? Who wants to jump in? It could be any, it doesn't have to, it could be any, but how do you think about it for a second? We all have a process we go through. 
Okay, I've got to go talk to my mom. I've got to go talk to my dad. What am I going to say? What do you do? You kind of practice it. You take a deep breath. You walk, you walk back and forth. Okay, and you, you practice what you're going to say and you maybe look at yourself in the mirror. And, am, I, am I correct? Am I getting close? Is this something that you've all experienced in some way, shape, or form? Anyone yes? Anyone no? I don't want to jump in and, and say a couple words on this. What do you do when you've got a situation where you've got to approach mom or dad uncle, cousin, brother, because you want to use something, you want to try something. How, how, do you, how do you prepare for that situation? What do you do? Who wants to share? Yeah, yeah. So you think about, okay, how am I going to get the right time? Not before she gets up, not before she's had dinner, not, not, especially yeah. not if dad's just come home because then he's going to be, no, no, my brother's gone in and he's come home and he's got, no, no, that's not, yeah, timing and the way you say it to you. So that when you see your parents, when you're going to ask them something, it's not just the words, it's how are you standing? How are you looking at them? How do the words come out of your mouth, right? Everything becomes a little bit of a construction. Because what are you trying to do? In that case, you're trying to persuade them. But also, you've got to get the nerve up. And I think that becomes that really important thing, right? You're trying to get your nerves up. You're trying to, okay, what can I do? And, and think, about, think about the second before you start in on how you're going to present. How do you feel? That, just that moment before when you've come out of the door and you, you're going to go and face-to-face with that person. How do you feel? wants to jump in maha fatma i've already spoken if you want to keep speaking anyone else on the list want to jump in feel free you may how do you feel on that second right before you're going to talk to that person i feel so nervous yeah so what do you what do you do nervous of rejection yeah sure and speaking is the same right we feel nervous that people are going to say oh she sounds funny oh this topic's dumb oh she doesn't sound good oh this is boring i mean all those fears and nerves are things that keep going so what do we you know we got to keep it in our heads like i can do this and do, how often do we say in our heads i can do this i can do this yeah i can get this i can get this sorted yeah i can make this happen yeah i can do that and what do we do we take a deep breath okay i can do this and, you, and you're kind of walking and you're thinking you're looking you're saying okay i can do this until you get the nervous like okay let's go and that's all those kind of things are the same principles that you want to apply as you start thinking about speaking to people in public. Fatma, jump on in again. Uh, to me, I keep seeing her eyes. Ah, okay. She was yeah. I keep seeing her eyes and then until we eye con contact. Yeah. Uh, or connect, okay. That's very and good. And then I try to speak. Hey, yeah. that, that's that's very good. And I think that's that's one of the small challenges that we have in in this context is we we really don't we're not going to have that visual part of the communication process where you can see your audience falling asleep or you can see that person who's really engaging and so but that's all really important and things you want to be thinking about as you're communicating because they all give you clues to if you're succeeding or if you're not succeeding how here's a here's a great question and how many times when you've been communicating with mom or dad, have you used emotion to the extreme in your communication? So that emotion might be, have you gotten angry? Have you gotten sad? Have you managed to get some tears coming down? How often have we used that in our conversations? Anyone? 
Does anyone use those those tools as well? It's not that's not necessarily a bad thing. Anyone use those tools? Me. Yes. Being angry. Angry. Angry can work. Just being angry. Yeah, anger can work. Tears can work. Crying less. Okay, crying less. It depends who. Sometimes crying is very useful. Sometimes being very humble, very look, I'm really sorry. And and when you when you talk like you're sorry, you look like you're sorry. Is a whole package of things. Yeah, also so all of these Mm -hmm. things when we're talking. And when you're doing a presentation, those little things all kind of gear in, but you want to be thinking, have I practiced it? Have I thought about it? Can I put this all together? Do I know what I'm doing? All of these things can help you get through that nervous process. But what's really important when we think about nerves is the only person who's going to be able to cure your nerves. And and like I said, you never get rid of being nervous. The only person who's going to be able to do that is, is yourself. And we've all got our ways of doing things and it's, it's usually a process and you want to work on that process and, and realize that there is a process. And when you think about the first class that you go to at university and how, you know, what do you do to get your mind into the game? And, and, and that's often what people say, okay, you got to get your head into the game. I don't know what the, what people say in Arabic, but I'm sure that there's some kind of word combination like that. But you got to get your head in the game. You got to get yourself ready. You got to, okay, we got to go in and do it. I only have to go in there for 45 minutes, but we can do it. So you want to be thinking about all that. So how we, how we work with our stress is, you know, like I say, deep breaths, do those things you love to do, and then say, okay, I can do this. But if you haven't practiced it, if you don't know your topic, inevitably, you're going to have a lot of nerves. And so it's, it's important that we think uh, about these things and and think how we're going to make them work and you know use those tears use the anger use the chill whatever it is but use those tools a think about them and think about the fact of how you get ready for these other situations you've been in and start using those as you start thinking about your public speaking now the last thing i want to talk about today and then we're gonna okay yeah then we're gonna just do a, another quick exercise And so what becomes really important is that as you're preparing, and this is why you want to practice because you, the nerves will cause you to talk faster. So what, how do, how do we deal with that? Can everyone hear me by the way? Are you still able to hear me? So uh, as what he was saying, as we get nervous, we do tend to speak faster and, and think of people who are nervous. They start talking very fast. So what do you need to do? Here's the tip. Here's a great tip. When you're speaking, the, the, you need to get used to that process. Typically, when you're speaking in public, you want to speak a little bit slower than a typical conversation. As I said, about three words a second. So here's the thing. When you start talking and when you're doing this, your speech, you, the more you practice it with your time, because you want to practice it watching the time, the more you're going to get used to, okay, I've got to slow down. The more you're going to be able to, and the more you're used to doing it, the better you get at being comfortable with that content. My advice at this point is when you're talking at this early stage of, of this class, if it sounds like you're talking a little bit too slow, you're probably talking at the right speed. 
I will tell you if you're talking too slow. Do not worry. Much as I will tell you if you're talking too fast, if you're talking too slow, I will let you know. But for the most of you, I would say for 90% of you, if it feels like in your head as you're saying the words out loud, if you're going, it kind of sounds like I am talking at this speed. You are probably, and it sounds just a little bit slower than it should be, probably at the perfect speed, literally at the perfect speed. But nerves tend to make us talk faster. So how do you get over that? Practice, practice. Most, most people talk fast because they haven't practiced enough. They're nervous. Oh, I'm going to get the words out. I'm going to go. More practice, the better. And if it sounds like it's coming out a little bit slow, you're probably right on. When you're practicing, watch the time. Keep the time right in front of you. Put your, put your phone with the timer right in front of you as you're speaking so that you can see what the time is. Uh, Watia, does, does that make sense? Uh, was that exactly what you asked? Because you, your audio did cut out on me for a little bit, but I thought that's where you were going. Yeah, yeah, that's the Yeah, okay. So, and, and again, that's why we're going to talk in just a second, but it's it's really important that we think about all of these these little bits and how they come together. So we'll, we'll and, and, you know, get feedback from folks. We want folks to tell us what, what they think about what we're doing. Really quickly, really quickly, we want to be thinking constantly about the communication process as we are communicating, as we're telling, talking, and, and we're, we're, we're doing a speech. It's all about essentially the, the, the way communication works, whether you're a communication major, whether you're a psych major, whether you're an ISC major, whether you're a, a multimedia production the, the, the communication process is the same. Mother, child, father, uncle, president, vice president. The communication process works the same. You have a sender, that's you, and you have the receiver, that's the audience. You as the sender are putting together your ideas in words, in stories, in how you're connecting things. You're packaging it. You're encoding it. Your goal is the person who's listening is going to unpackage what you say as you packaged it. The problem is it doesn't always work like that. We try to be too complicated. We, we tell stories that people can't relate to. We use examples that people can't go, oh yeah, that's just like me. That's what you want people to do. You want people to be able to engage with what you're saying, to be able to relate to what you're saying. So you need to tell the stories and put together the ideas so that it's not just you telling about it, but your audience can go, oh yeah, that's really interesting. Oh, that's cool. I, didn't, I wondered about that. Or hmm, you want to be able to answer the questions that are going on in their mind as you're speaking. You're not trying to make them go, oh, she's so smart. They are going to say you are so smart because you have given them a complete package that is complete ideas that they can, they can buy into. So we need to remember that we're always constantly struggling with the idea of going from us, the sender, to the receiver, and we are packaging our ideas, our speech, our five parts, introduction, three big points, stories or examples, and a conclusion it's all about encoding those ideas. It's all putting the ideas together so that the person who's listening will be able to unpack it and get the same meaning that we have put it together with. That's the big challenge. And this is the challenge that people globally fail at miserably. 
sometimes it's just because they, they, they're not thinking about who their audience is. They're not thinking about the collective ideas. They're not thinking about how this relates. They're putting too much information together and it becomes information overload. So you really, we constantly need to be thinking of us as the sender, packaging our idea so that the person listening can unpackage it, relate, understand, and get what's being said. If they can't get what's being said, they're going to go, well, that wasn't a very good speech. You might have done an amazing show, but if the content doesn't work, they go, yeah, it was a good show, but I don't know what she was saying. You don't want that. And so you want to be thinking about how does this all come together? Keep it simple. Link it together. Remind people. So what are we doing? One of the the things that I constantly try to do when I'm doing my own speeches is I'll, I'll have my three points. So I might have done one first point. And then I go on to my second point. So then I, I transition in. At the end of the second point, I say, so what do we know? We've got the first point. This is what I just said. Now we go on to my third point. And then when I get to my final thing, so we got three points. Bing, bing, bing. So what do we know? And that, that's, <laughs> then we get into the conclusion, right? So always remember that we're packaging ideas. Communication is all about encoding. And that encoding is through the words, through the meanings of those words, through the meanings of those examples, through the meanings of those ideas, can people relate to to them and how it all comes together. Your goal is to get your receiver, your audience to decode it with the same passion. So even the passion that you're putting into voice is part of the encoding process. So you gotta be thinking about this, this whole communication as this package. In a sense, what are you trying to do? You're, you're simply looking at creating this thing that has a little bit of a life of its own. You're, you're, it's nothing that you're doing is random. The way you're speaking, the examples, the pauses, nothing is random. You have chosen every action, every idea, every word for a specific reason. You've put it together. You've practiced it. You want it to sound like, hey, this is coming to you fresh off the top of my head and this is where it is and hey, this is me talking. You've practiced the whole thing. I, I often do one in my classes. Here's a great example. I'll do it in my classes and I'll be in the middle of time and say, you know what, that, that reminds me. That reminds me of this story that I've got and I'll tell the story. And someone said, oh, it just came to you out of nowhere. I said, no, that didn't just come to me out of nowhere. Completely 100% planned in my class notes that at this point, I'm going to tell this story. How I presented the story becomes the interesting part. But it's not random. It's completely planned. Does it look random? Does it sound random? Like it just came out of nowhere and that we're going to take this quick? No, no. So you want to make sure that you're constantly thinking, how am I, as the sender, going to package my, my, my presentation so that it gives me the effect of where we want to go. Now, what's the challenge that we face is in the process of doing all of this, there are so many things that get in the way. And so this is a, an elaboration of the Shannon Weaver model, which is this, that if you're looking at this, this model, actually, there's more to it. And if you were looking at it, you would, you would have, in these parts, noise, so from the sender, there can be the noise of the room. There could be the noise that's going on with our internet connections. The same thing could happen on this side. There could be noise that's happening in someone's head. Maybe your, your, your Instagram is going on fire. And so you're looking at your Instagram. And in the process of looking at that, you don't hear me. So that's more noise. And then we've got, how are we presenting this stuff? Is it because we're talking, the channel? Is it talk? Is it coming online? Is it coming from a video, et cetera? So there's all sorts of pieces that that happen here 
And so we want to be thinking about all those. And ultimately what we start to realize, and there's uh, some great pieces from the reading here, but what, what it's all talking about in the reading is that we have so much going on in our heads. So yes, we're going from sender to receiver, and that might be... So, <laughs> so we've got a, a couple of things going on here. When you talk about your sender, your communicator, and the person who's being communicated to, each of us has lots of stuff going on in our heads. We have stereotypes of, of what we expect a, a, a presenter to be like, what we expect a student to be like. We've all got different worldviews. We've all got different amounts of knowledge depending on the courses that we've taken. So all of these things become very important as we're starting to think about how we're understanding stuff and all of these things can influence how we understand the information and so you're constantly have to be thinking about well what what is my audience going to think what are what's going on in their brains how am i going to be able to answer the questions that might come up that i might build into their their my speech and how it is going to be delivered. So this becomes really important as you're thinking about the fact that, okay, I'm, I'm the sender. This is person is the receiver. This is what I'm trying to get through. And I've got all of these different possibilities, these different things that can and will influence how people decode my message. And so you want to be thinking about all of this as you're going into packaging your content, remembering that ultimately that content that you're packaging is going to fit into, oh, that's a whole other technique. We'll talk about that. It's going to fit into what we were talking about here, your introduction, point one, point two, point three, conclusion. So you've got a formula. You've got four minutes. You've got an introduction, point one, point two, point three, each of those points is going to have something that is either an idea or a story or an example. And you're going to bring that to all of what you're doing. But you've got to be thinking, how are these ideas? How are these stories? How are these examples? How are they going to be taken on by my audience? Are they going to feel insulted? Are they going to not understand at all what I'm talking about? The list goes on. So you've got you've to really think, who's my audience? How's this going to go? What are they going to think? And as you're practicing, as you're planning it, maybe you're going to have to change something. So as you're doing it, it's very possible that as you're rehearsing your presentation, because you want to hear it. So here's the other thing. Ladies, this is so important. So, so, so important. As you're practicing, as you're practicing, practice out loud. You need to hear. So not only do I do you want to write your speech out loud, practice it out loud. Don't practice it in your head. The way things sound in your head and the way things sound coming out of your mouth are different. You want to practice not only what you're saying, but how you're saying it. If I was you, not only would I practice it listening to it, I would put in the gestures that I might use as I'm talking. I would build those in. The pauses, you want to do it as you would actually do it. And you want to practice it with that in constantly so that you're familiar, you, you got the feel. The more you practice, think of it, okay, how, how many of you drive? How many, can you give me a thumbs up? How many of you drive? How many of you got a driver's license? 
Drive, drive. Yeah. Okay. There we go. One, two, three, four, five. How? Okay. So we not not a whole bunch of us, but we got a few. How many of you have been in the car with someone who's just gotten their driver's license? How many of you have ever been in a car with someone who's new to driving? Anyone ever been in a car with someone who's new to driving? So if you've got a driver's license, you got people. Okay. So you'll get this example then. If you've, if you've gotten a driver's license or if you've been in a car with someone who, <laughs> who's new to their driving, what was it like driving with them? Were they a little bit nervous? Were they a little bit scared the first time you got into the car and you took it out on your own and you're, you're heading down Kawanese Road or Sheikh Syed Road? Did you feel a little nervous? Were you a little bit worried? Just, you know, yeah, nervous. First time. After a month, how do you feel? annoyed. <laughs> After two months, how do you feel? The nerves start to go away. All of these things start to go away. You start to become more comfortable with it. And that's exactly why you want to practice your speech because you want to get more comfortable with it. The first time you do your speech, oh, this is awkward. This is weird. This is, this is, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's different. Second time. Okay. Yeah. It's still different, but it's getting better. Third time. Yeah. Okay. It's still, Tenth time, okay, I, I got the flow of this. I know where it's going. Twentieth time, I know where it's going. I can make it work. Thirtieth time, every time I do it. I usually like to do my speeches, as I said, about 38 times is the average. And what I find is when I do it a couple times without a single error, and every time, and so how do I know if I made an error? Because every time I make the error, I start from the beginning again. So even if the error is at three minutes, 51 seconds, and I mess up on something, I go back to the start and I do it again. All the show, no fast forwards. I do it again until I get it. And then the last couple ones I like to do with distraction. So the last couple times I do the speech, I'll turn on some music. I might turn on the TV, turn on things that are going to distract me so that I can keep doing the speech through distraction. And if you can keep doing the speech through distraction and get everything exactly the way you planned it, no mess ups on words, no mess ups on the pauses, it's perfect speed, lots of, you know, all my vocal variety, no ums and ahs. If I can do it with distraction, perfect. I know that I've, I'm ready to go. And then when I get up to do it, yeah, I'm a little nervous. And then it's like, I got this. It's just like the last time I did it. I can do this. So it's like driving. The more you do it, the more comfortable you get with it. Public speaking, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get with it. Are you, are your, is your family going to think that you're crazy? Probably. Hey, ladies, as I told you last class, going to class when we were at Zide University, I would walk down the hallways humming my lectures. I might even sing them. If I'm doing a speech, I will walk the hallway, practice them. I'll do it in the atrium. I'd go back and forth practicing my talks. Do I care? I, you know what? Hey, you, the family thinks you're crazy? Lock yourself in a room, do it somewhere else. I don't know. But if you can, if you can let them think you're crazy, you're going to be the better speaker. Can you work through the craziness? So them thinking about it and just, I don't really care if you think I'm crazy. I'm going to get an A. And not only am I going to get an A, I'm going to be the best speaker in this family ever. That is what you want to do. <laughs> it's like they think you're crazy. Go for it. I mean, I, you know, like I said, my thing is, I don't care. All I care about is being awesome at what I'm going to do. And if that's how I've got to do it, by practicing and 
getting some distraction and practicing around other people, who's going to be the better speaker? Me, not them. So it's, that, but again, that's the thing, right? Because people get into our heads. Oh, she's being silly. It's like, okay, I'm going to be awesome. So it's like, you know, yeah, okay. So what do we want to do right now? So you got, you got, you've got a lot of ideas to process here. You've got a lot of things to think about. But this is, this is really the key thing. So you need to, one, you need to start thinking about your first speech. Who's the real me? You need to start thinking, I've got four minutes. I've got this formula that I need to follow. So what are, what are the pieces that are going to fit in? You need to start outlining. We're going to talk about out, outlining and stuff next class. But you need to start thinking, okay, how am I going to outline this? How am I going to put this together? And just rough points. Rough point out what you think you want to do. And then you can start, once you've rough pointed it out, then you can start writing it and saying, okay, what's, what are my first words going to be? What am I, what, how am I going to say this? And inevitably you write out your draft and I usually scratch stuff out. And, and by that point, and I, I sometimes type them out after, I always type them out after just so I have a nice clear thing. I type it out as I'm saying it. If Look, you, you could write it out by hand and have it all by hand. Just submit it to me that way. I'm, I'm fine with it if you're going to do handwritten stuff scratching it out and, and playing with it. That is also very much possible because I, I do a lot of that myself. But you need to start. And I think that's the important point. Start piecing it together and start thinking about what you want to do. Conclusions are really important in any speech you do. Whether your speech is 40 minutes or 30 seconds, you need a conclusion. Your audience needs to know that you're done. What are we going to do? We're going to introduce ourselves again. I know you're going to, but I did that last class, sir. I, I know you did. I'm interested in several things. One, as you introduce yourself, I want you to talk a little slower. I want you to pause after the full stop. I want you to breathe. Second, I want a conclusion. I don't want just, I'm done. That's me. That's a summary statement. I want you to conclude. I want you to remind us what you said in the previous 25 seconds. Give us that really quick summary of what you did. So, and third, third, put your phone on and put the timer on because you must give me 30 seconds of talk. I need 30 seconds. Not 20 seconds, not 15 seconds. We need 30 seconds of talk this time. So what are we going to do? You got, you got a few minutes to prepare. I'll give you four minutes to prepare. We need one, a great conclusion that sums up whatever you said. Two, you're, you're introducing yourself. And three, slow down a little bit. Breathe. Full stops after the points. And four, conclusion. Easy. And I know you're thinking about this. I know you're planning it out again. So remember, 30 seconds. You're going to need to turn on your phone. Put your timer on. Just introduce yourself. So what are the things you might want to say? Your name, maybe where you're from, favorite color, favorite food, thing you hate the most about summer, thing you love the most about Modesh, Thing you can't wait to go and do when school's maybe back in the real building, etc., etc., etc. That's where we're going. All right. Well, that is another wrap. 
public speaking in the summer. Com 230 with myself, James Pikeaway. More to come. Keep listening. Keep sharing. Enjoy. What can I say? The world will be a better place if we can all present our ideas in a coherent fashion and make it a little bit informative, make it a little bit educational, and ultimately make it a little bit more entertaining. My name is James Pikeway. Talk to you again soon.